Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Rachel Abbott and this is The Leader. Today we're giving you some bonus content taken from our business show, How to Be a CEO. An opportunity to hear from the most powerful people behind some of the world's biggest brands. This is a cut down version of the full episode. To hear the full thing, hit the link in the show notes. Find a new episode of How to Be a CEO every Monday morning. And why not give it a rate and follow whilst you're there? Now, let's begin. If anyone knows how to be a CEO, it's William Reeve. He's pretty much spent his entire working career as the boss. Even at school, his classmates recognised the self-confessed nerd obsessed with computers was probably onto something special. In my school yearbook, I think I was nominated the kid most likely to be a millionaire by the age of 30. So maybe even if it hadn't been occurring to me, it had occurred to somebody. Were you a millionaire at 30? And there's quite a bit of inflation from when I was at school to when I was 30, but yes, I was, I was. You certainly would have a decent bank balance if you sold your first company, in this case a consultancy called Fletcher Research, created in 1997, for somewhere around £20 million in 1999. Which, as it turns out, was about nine months before the dot-com boom crashed, which sort of, to some extent, makes me look like a genius, or me and my partner look like a genius, but actually that that isn't the case at all and we hadn't anticipated the dot-com crash and if you follow that by setting up something like love film and selling it to amazon for a reported 200 million pounds you're going to be doing all right and lots of people are going to want to know how you did it Williams given his expertise to companies like Secret Escapes, Paddy Power, Zoopla and Nutmeg. And now he's CEO of Goodlord, a company trying to disrupt the property rental market. I'm David Marsden from the Evening Standard. And when I meet William over Zoom in his office, I want to know, having worked with so many companies, does he still get a buzz out of it? I love business. I'm a sort of, business is a hobby for me. But I think what it is, is it's about problem solving. But in a competitive sense, in that you know, certainly in, in most economies in the world, you're in a competitive environment of some form or other, and to grow, it's not it's not a zero sum game so much. But you are you are you are trying to essentially grow against other smart characters with other teams with other objectives, and there's an intellectual challenge to that that I enjoy. Tell me about Good Lord, what this company is, and and why you got involved because it wasn't when you started in the best of shapes, was it? No, that's right. I didn't. I wasn't one of the founders of Good Lord. But Good Lord was founded to make renting better, and it was founded by three three young guys who kind of were using the likes of Airbnb and Uber and Amazon, and and they were renting, and they were just like, why can't this 
experience of ours be better? And why can't we be using technology the way that, you know, we can use it to book holidays and travel and order things and so on? Uh, and why can't we do that? And that that mission hasn't changed. That's what the business is trying to do. It's, it's using technology to make what is, for most people, one of the most stressful experiences of their lives just a little bit less stressful, hopefully. Um, and so what we're doing is creating some software that operates behind the scenes and helps keep track of what's going on, sort of deal with all the admin and faff and paperwork. So when you come in as a CEO of, of a business rather than a startup, do you go, right, we have to do a big root and branch review here or do or do you kind of change things around the edges and move towards something? What was the the focus for, what was day one for you? Here's what we're going to do right now. Day one for me, I think, was saying hello to a bunch of people uh, and um and one of the points i made as i did that was i don't have any answers the answers are all in the room already and you know you you guys you guys know what we need to do we just need to we need to agree that together and make sure everybody knows what the objectives are and we'll work together to to do this but you're not going to get any magic out of me <laughs> um, and that that is what happened and in fact we had one product in particular that was really causing a lot of pain and problems and uh and I found a guy in the business quite quickly who literally had a little spreadsheet and he, he'd listed all the sort of 17 things I think that needed to happen to that product and what each of those 17 things was going to be worth. And uh, once I found that list, I was like, let's do this, shall we? And that was, that was exactly what happened, actually. Yeah, I get you. Know, I'd imagine that just that listening, just going around speaking to people must be incredibly important. Yeah, and I, I, think, um, I think the great leaders I've learned from have always been people who've listened and consulted and collaborated they're not people who've kind of brought down tablets of stone from the mountaintop and said here are the 10 commandments i think i've tried to learn from that and 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 use that myself and especially when you're coming into a business with a bunch of um talented people who have managed to against all the prevailing odds sort of get a bunch of technology built which never had happened before a bunch of letting agents to start paying for it and they've been starting to actually see terrific growth in the business I'm not going to want to change that. One thing I did change, probably not quite day one, David, probably day two, was that because the business was losing money at that point, uh, and, it, and because it had one product in particular that was really, really causing trouble and was it was it was costing far too much money to deliver. Some of the some of the investors in the business had said, "Please don't grow, don't don't bring on any more customers because every new customer you bring on is just just digging the trench deeper." Was the mindset, and. Um, I don't believe in businesses that are not growing. So I, I did, I changed one thing. It was probably on about day two. I said, new customers are always good. We're bringing on customers. So it's a kind of a new philosophy, really, isn't it? Is there a lot of philosophizing in, in entrepreneurship? Do you find yourself thinking, thinking, sort of trying to think of wise thoughts? No. <laughs> I try and learn from other wise people. But the reality is that most of the sort of accomplished literature in the world doesn't really focus on entrepreneurship. But you do have other roles. You're, you're, you're a, I think, it's a non-executive director at Dunelm, for example. Why use your time? Because you can't have much spare time, I would expect. So why use your time on something like that? Well, I, I actually, it's quite common for serving executives to be on other companies' board as non-executive. And I think the reason why that, is common and, and a good thing. And, and why I wanted to do that is because it's a learning process. And most of, pretty much all of the businesses I've generally been involved with have been um, private companies, but they mostly aspire to be public companies at, at some point, or certainly to grow and to, be, to become better companies. And the highest standards of governance and practice in 
general are public companies. So from my point of view, having a chance to be on the board of a public company is a learning process that hopefully will teach me things I can take to the younger and smaller and generally less well-governed private companies and help them to um, improve. That has been tremendously helpful to me. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. I wanted to go right back to the very beginning when you sold your first company. Was that always the intention when you created a startup to sell that off later on? No, I don't think, David, selling the business was ever actually part of the plan, actually. Certainly in my first company, and although I got accused of it quite a lot in my second company, Love Film, where a lot of people sort of assumed we just wanted to get bought by Netflix. Um, I don't think you really can build a business to sell. And um, I think in my, our first business, we were, we, were, we were trying to just build the business. And I suppose these days, I'd say we're trying to build the best business you can. And good businesses are generally bought, not sold. Was it ever an option for you to not go back to work? Was that something you would ever consider? My natural inclination there was always to start with a spreadsheet, and I needed I needed a spreadsheet to understand: do I, could I not work? And and the reality is that I know I was very young; I was in my twenties, and I touch wood had a lot of life left ahead of me, and it's very hard to look sort of thirty, forty, fifty years out with any confidence, especially when you're mindful of hyperinflation and in, in the seventies and so on. You know, in relatively recent living memory. So the reality, I think, I think these days one. I would say yes. I, I I probably was in a position where I didn't have to work. I I, I never thought too seriously about that. I've sort of I'm a natural worker, really. I, I it gave me a sense of freedom and independence that meant I didn't need to work and wasn't wasn't choosing where I worked on the basis of financial considerations. No, but when you were, I mean, you said when you made your investments, it was kind of helping people out that you maybe knew or that in companies you thought looked quite interesting or at least fun to work with i'd imagine i what were you looking for then and and has that changed when you're thinking about investing in a company much as i certainly used to view it as a sort of almost charitable endeavor there was some level of bar that had to be passed i suppose and i had to had to consider that actually this person i wanted to support was a talented person and that the plan they were engaging in seemed like it had made sense and i've tended there to always want some sense of what is the plan to win and i didn't always see that and in in one notable investment 
I really just knew this the guy I was backing was a winner rather than did I that I thought his actual plan had a had a winning streak in it. A lot of my angel activity has been when I've been unemployed and I'm not unemployed at the moment. So I've, I'm actually genuinely too busy to really um, do much angel investing. And the stuff I do do tends to be to support existing companies that have, a, have an investment already. But um, I don't think my underlying view on what is the plan that will win and is this person backable, I don't think that's changed really over 20 years, no. That was William Reeves, CEO of Good Lord. How to be a CEO is back next week. New episodes drop first thing every Monday morning. Why not start your week with us? Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rustoleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustoleum.